Just a friendly announcement in case you knew about this. So originally this episode was going to be an Animisery tier list, but I realized something in the course of making and recording said tier list, and that's that tier lists are kind of a visual thing, so you kind of need a visual to go with it. So the tier list episode is actually being made into a YouTube video that will be made available soon on our YouTube channel, which you will find in the description of whatever platform you're listening to this episode on. So if you just want to go ahead and subscribe, then that'd be cool so you could be notified. And hey, whenever the video comes out, if you could just like it, that'd be cool too. But I'll let you know when it comes out on any of our social media. And yeah, so hopefully I'll see you there whenever it comes out. Thank you so much for listening. Let's start the episode. Bienvenidos al podcast de Melancholia Otaku, el podcast de anime que ahora este en español. Mi nombre es Matt y este es todo el español que puedo hablar. And I hope that I didn't butcher that too much. And a huge, 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 huge shout out to all of my listeners uh, from Spanish-speaking countries. It's great to have you with us. And it's great to have the rest of you with us as well for this episode of the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. The anime podcast that is... In Spanish for like a half second. But yeah, so I'm sure if you're here, you can read. And we're going to be talking about entryway anime in this episode. And I know what you're thinking, and I know what you're saying, and I know what you might be saying and thinking at the same time. Matt, I am listening to your podcast right now. Obviously, I do not need entry-level anime. I do not need to get into anime. I am in the thick of it, Matt. I cannot, I cannot be saved, Matt. And I would have to say that you're right. You can't be saved, but listen... Michael P. Jordan, a famous actor, great actor, cool guy, all-around cool guy, I'd imagine, uh, said some things about entry anime and about the anime he thought that could get people into anime, and obviously, I saw that list, and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa there, buckaroo, those those anime have more than 20 episodes, what are you doing to people? That's a commitment, that's a time sink. I don't know if I can, I don't know if people can do that. Do people watch anime that are longer than 20 episodes? That sounds fake. Sounds fake as hell, dude. And so I kind of wanted to compile my um, own makase of anime that I would recommend to people to try in the beginning. And kind of just a discussion point for what that means, especially as it relates to people who are getting into anime. Because, as you know, this is the Anime and Otaku Culture Podcast. And one of the things that really fascinates me as someone who doesn't talk to people about anime, mostly by my own... um, I don't want to say insecurities, because I really don't care anymore. I, I used to care, but now I just don't care anymore. I just want to say that most of the people that I do talk to are already in anime, so there's never been an occasion where I needed to say, you should check out this anime, this anime, and this anime. Generally, all my friends and associates are deep into that bullshit, so <laughs> there's no need for discussing about what anime to get into anime. But as a famous celebrity actually addressing what anime you should get into and all of that sort of topic, then it becomes kind of interesting to me to just break it down and maybe talk about some of my recommendations just in case it ever you ever need some. Just in case you get amnesia, you can go, hey, Matt talked about some anime that I could try to get into at some point, and that'd be pretty cool. And also, Michael B. Jordan, you need to be reminded about who Michael B. Jordan is. Maybe maybe this this episode will do will fix you twice. You'll be able to remember who Michael B. Jordan is, and you'll also have some great entry-level anime in case you ever get amnesia. So, hey, you know, could this be the anime podcast episode that saves the world? I don't know. I'd like to think so, but 
Not really. But we'll be talking about that later and jumping into that discussion. But before we do that, I'm going to be just telling you a little bit of what happened to me this week. Because, hey, that's always a great way to start, right? I hope it is because it's what I'm going to do anyways. So, firstly, the hunt continues for some, I don't know, fill-in hosts for the time being. And it's been going pretty well. It's kind of made me outreach to some of my other friends, some of the friends who I kind of got disconnected with over the course of time to kind of say, hey, would you mind coming in and maybe talk for a little bit? Because I know you like anime and we haven't talked for a while. So this has kind of been a great little, um, this has been kind of a great change really because it has kind of made me want to go and talk to some other friends who I, I, I didn't discard, but you know, we grew out of touch. So hopefully we'll have them on and they can talk and hang out with us. And that'd be really cool. I think so at least. So hopefully that will happen soon. But hey, the hunt continues. The quest for the best continues. And hopefully it'll be here soon. But outside of that, I am, I've, I've kind of taken, I've kind of taken a Dan, what Dan from the Otaku Host Club did at one point, where he had like a, a, a year of the Gundam. Well, I'm actually going through a year of not anime, but a year of an author. I recently have just been going through Stephen King's literature, if you want to call it that, or I mean, and, uh, I've been reading a lot of his books uh, and listening to them on audiobook format. I've been just drowning through some Stephen King. And I've learned a very important thing from all the Stephen King exposure. And that's Maine is scary as fuck. <laughs> no, really, they got, psychic, they got psychic girls. They got clowns in the sewers. They got kids starting fires with their brains. Maine's scary. That's what I've learned from Stephen King. But no, for real. Um... What I really learned is that I really like horror when it's in written form. I'm not a very, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a, I'm a little bit of a scaredy cat as it concerns anything like TV movie wise when it's, you know, horror. I can't do it. It's really just uncomfortable for me. I'm always expecting to be just frightened and I, I the visuals of everything kind of makes me just really uh, on edge, but reading things and kind of picturing it, I can kind of be the director of the scene and all that and say like, oh, well, it's not that scary, but still the format and story is scary. Like, for example, I just finished Misery, which I hadn't even seen the movie for that. So it was a whole new-ass experience for me. And I honestly had this weird uh, this weird uh, situation at night when I was trying to go to sleep where I was scared that Annie Wilkes was going to come into my room and cut my foot off. And, um, yeah, so good job, Stephen King. You're doing great. It made me really scared. About, made me scared. I was really scared. Really nervous. But I've just finished Misery. I'm almost through with Carrie. Carrie was a really short book. And after that, I'm going to probably go through, I think, Gerald's Game and Dolores Claiborne. That's kind of been the only thing I've really been doing is reading. Although, although, I have actually been consuming some anime and I've been consuming some uh, video games. I finished Hi-Fi Rush um, during the course of last week. And as I said in the prior episode... Hi-Fi Rush is going to be game of the year for me. I it's Nothing's going to beat Hi-Fi Rush. I, I finished it, and I immediately went for a harder difficulty. I couldn't stop myself. It's such a fun game, and it's so funny. It's so humorous. There's just such a delight in Hi-Fi Rush that I've not seen in any other game for me personally. It just really harkens back to like some PS2, Xbox, original Xbox sort of experiences you it's just a, it's what they call a spectacle fighter that you've got to stay on beat i've already talked about it and i don't want to just bore you with talking about the same things over and over again but it was a really just fantastic experience it really it, it kind of hit me with the kind of um, enjoyment i get out of doing like spectacle fighters memorizing combos but having having that 
extra factor of having to stay on beat and kind of keep beat with my attacks and all that, jumps, movements, dashes, that was so cool. Plus the characters are just, they're very anime. I mean, they're just very anime. I mean, it's its its an immaculate experience. I, I don't see how any game is going to beat it for me this year. Although I'm sure they'll, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm going to say that and there's going to be another game that comes out and I'm going to be, oh, well, I don't know, Hi-Fi Rush. But no, I'm going to seal the deal right now. I'm going to say Hi-Fi Rush is going to be my game of the year and I'm probably going to play it all throughout the year until eventually I just become a religious zealot and you get tired of me talking about Hi-Fi Rush. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, if we come to it for that matter. And uh, anime-wise, next week's episode, God willing, and we don't get flooded, I was going to talk about Moonlight Fantasy. Eh, not Moonlight Fantasy. Is that Moonlight Fantasy? Yeah, it was Moonlight Fantasy. Why did I doubt myself? I knew it was Moonlight Fantasy all along. This is just a test for you, Matt, from Matt. Well, thank you, Matt. You passed the test. Thank you, Matt, for giving me the test. Yeah, I've been watching Moonlight Fantasy, and you know what? I don't know why I've overlooked that. I really don't. Oh, I've also been cranking down a little bit on my seasonals. I would love to return to a seasonal format and talk more about some seasonal shows. And so I've been going through Buddy Daddies. Um, obviously Vinland Saga, Vinland Saga season two is so good. Such a great show all around. I, I, I I don't even really care too much about Vikings or any of that or any historical fiction like that, but man, Vinland Saga, Vinland Saga has got it. It's, it's, it's good stuff. And season two is just given, it's just given more, more of what I, more of what I need, more of what I love. And that is and that's a, that's a good old that's a good old farming saga, <laughs> but no. So yeah, hopefully we'll do a, we'll be getting back into this. We're getting back into classic Odomel Phil fairly soon. I don't know what that means, but we're gonna be covering seasonals and we're gonna be covering bad anime. That's basically all Odomel really is at the end of the day. Bad anime, seasonals. That's basically that's basically the winning formula, right? I hope so because it's all I know how to do at this point by myself, but. Yeah, so I've been checking a little bit on my seasonals in between watching episodes of Moonlight Fantasy. I really want to get back full swing into watching as much anime as I used to in 2020. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get to that level. Mostly just because I'm reading or playing a game or something like that. And sitting down for anime feels like an occasion. But I don't know. I'm going to get back into it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. We're going to get there. We're going to get back to where we were in 2020 locked inside the house let's go we're gonna lock ourselves back in the apartment it's gonna be great everybody's gonna love it 2020 was great cool cool year great year huge year for people not really it was a pretty terrible year but you know i don't know what sometimes you just gotta talk until you get to the next subject but for real not a whole lot's been really going on with me this week but thank you for listening regardless uh go play hi-fi rush and i don't know read a book watch an anime do whatever you know what i'm not gonna boss you around do whatever you feel like I think you think you think you're pretty cool. And speaking of things that are pretty cool, let's take a quick break. Hey folks, it's Matt here to talk just a tiny bit about Boomslank. Boomslank is an anime apparel and lifestyle brand that has super unique style and art across their entire lineup of phone cases, posters, hoodies, t-shirts, and stickers. I actually really, really love their stuff, which is why I'm so hyped to talk about them, because you know, I'm an actual fan of theirs and their lead artist, Shinobi P. I have their Mania phone case and their Leo hoodie, and they're both these kind of things that my coworkers who aren't into anime, usually, and my friends who are definitely into anime, 
anime actually say something to me about because they both have this kind of spirit and design that you're not really going to see anywhere else in the market as far as anime apparel and those kind of products go so that being said i'm super excited to say that if you want to get some boom slink merch and help support the podcast in the process you can go to their website boomslink.com and use our coupon code at checkout otaku melancholy podcast that's all one word and you'll get 10 percent off your purchase or if you just want to go straight to their website you can go to the www.boomslink.com slash otaku melancholy podcast to just have that coupon code automatically applied when you go to checkout so yeah a huge thanks to boom slink for reaching out and offering to help and support this podcast because it means so much for you know a brand that i actually like and that audrey and i both really admire to help support us and just in case you didn't know how to spell that, it's B-O-O-M-S-L-A-N-K dot com. And there's even a link to their website with our coupon code in the show notes of whatever platform you're listening to this episode on. Thank you guys for listening to this. Back to the episode. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the break. But if you didn't enjoy the break, then you can go to patreon.com slash otakumelancholy and support us for as little as $3 a month to get added bonus content. No sponsorships. And your name shouted out at the end of every episode. So going back to today's core topic, which I said we'd discuss later on at the top of the episode. So yeah, Michael B. Jordan recently did an interview with BBC Radio 1 because of the new movie Creed 3 coming out. And Michael B. Jordan is obviously a big fan of anime. And he said that in his directorial approach to Creed 3, he was actually inspired by how anime presents fight scenes and all that. And I thought that was really fascinating because I didn't know how big of a fan Michael B. Jordan was. He's, he's, he's a cool guy. I think he's a really cool guy, obviously. And I didn't know how, how into it he was. But then there was a TikTok that I saw that actually had um, kind of intermittent shots of kind of the stuff that Michael B. Jordan was talking about during the process of the interview. And that really, I was like, well, yeah, I see what he's coming. I see what he's, I see the discussion points that he's really bringing to the table about this. Yeah. You know, sometimes discussion can only be brought through by uh, by fights as, you know, in anime and all that, which is, is really interesting. But then the interviewer, Ali Plum, I believe that's their name, Ali Plum. Uh, there's, it's Plum, but there's a B at the end of it. And I don't want to sound really stupid and say it wrong. But Ali Plum basically asked, hey, what if I've never been into anime? Like, say I'm a layman and I, I don't under, I don't know anything about anime. What are your top five recommendations? Tell me, though, if you were a total layman, you've never seen anything, you've never seen, you know, Neon Genesis, Evangelion, you've not seen a thing, what are your go-to, here's where you start, suggestions? Uh, One Piece, Dragon Ball, Naruto, Bleach, Hunter Hunter. That's a pretty good starting five. And Michael B. Jordan's uh, recommendations were Dragon Ball, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, and... Hunter Hunter. And all of those have a common thread that they all share together, and that's that they're shown in anime. But another one is that they're also really fucking long. Well, maybe not Hunter Hunter as many as compared to the others, but still, that's slightly a hefty, that's a really hefty recommendation. That's basically like if your kid just learned how to read and you said, All right, you a big fan of reading? Go read War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy. Good job. Go out there. You got it, champ. And well, it's a little bit unfair because obviously Leo Tolstoy and War and Peace are, you know, that's a little bit higher of a scale. And this is more about length than actual, um, than actual challenging material. Obviously, if you, if you're just going into anime, 
those probably would be good starters, really and truly. And I'm not going to decry Michael B. Jordan's list or anything. I'm more decrying the fact that it's just one genre, and as a as a whole of the products, they're all excessively long if you're not used to the long-form storytelling that anime usually will provide in stories like that. And so I, I kind of was thinking, like, yeah, I, I understand why Michael B. Jordan recommended that. In fact, you know, I think a lot of people from particularly my generation, from my age group, got started on Dragon Ball or Pokemon. And now Pokemon itself, you know, that one is just going to be infinite, you know, infinitely rehashed. Ash is never going to age until now he finally has, and then he's going to be replaced by other people. But Dragon Ball in particular, if you're not too if you don't get off on a, get a, on a good point and are well invested as a kid, then you wouldn't have cared, or at least that's my perception of it. I came in right at the start of the uh, of the Saiyan arc, like right in the middle of Raditz had just abducted Gohan. So I was all invested. I was like, oh, who's this kid? Who's the green guy? Who's this man with the, with the spiky black hair? So it was really easy for me to, as a kid to get invested. But nowadays, it feels like with how popular and mainstream anime can be, it feels like, I don't know, maybe we should have a more, I guess... And I won't say divergent. That feels wrong. That feels a little bit pretentious, honestly. I want to say that we should have more of a diverse set for people to get into anime. I don't feel like we should just have one genre dominate. This is what you get into anime from. Because, I mean, there are a lot of people out there who aren't going to enjoy Battle Shonen. So there are a lot of people out there who aren't going to be in, who will not get invested with long form narrative just because of the length. I mean, look at me. I can't handle anime over 20 episodes. And just for a quick fact, because I know you love math, listener, I definitely, I don't love math, but I love giving you statistics. It's just, I just, it's just the highlight of my day when I do these podcasts, mostly because it kills a lot of time, but you know, whatever. So just looking at his recommendation of Michael B. Jordan's, um, I'm uh, I'm assuming, I'm just going to use Dragon Ball Z instead of the whole ass Dragon Ball, because Let's be real. If you're watching Dragon Ball in the year of our Lord 2023, you're probably going to not acknowledge the original Dragon Ball. I don't know why. I feel like someone's going to say, well, Matt, that's unfair. And I'm going to say, like, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Dragon no, G Dragon Ball, it's pretty good. When I read the manga for it, I was having a whole lot of fun with it. It's, But it's way different than Dragon Ball Z. So I feel like a lot of people, if they were going to get into it, would just skip straight to Dragon Ball Z. That's just my opinion, though. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make here is that we're looking at really long shows. For example, Naruto, with Shippuden included, is 720 episodes. Bleach, not including the new arc of the Thousand Year Blood War, is 366 episodes. One Piece, at the time of this recording, is 1,049 episodes. Dragon Ball Z is 291 episodes. And 2011 Hunter x Hunter is 148 episodes, which makes a grand total of 2,574 episodes, with a minute count of... 54,054 minutes. I am not making that up. That's really cool. And all, which is a grand total of 901 hours or 37 and a half days of anime. And that's a, that's kind of an excessive amount of anime. If that's what you're going to say is the entry, uh, is the entry point for some people, that might be a little bit intimidating. Now, a lot of them are just going to take it at face value and say like, oh, well, I'll dabble in all five of those, especially if they're people who are fairly new to anime. And of all those five... This is just my personal opinion, and take that for what you will. If I had to recommend, if this list that I included had to contain one of those five anime, I would probably put Naruto on, in honesty. Just because Naruto is, um, 
I don't want to say it's iconic because granted all five of those are iconic, but I feel like Naruto, um, Naruto was the one I remember when I first got into it, really thinking it was the most interesting and Bleach. I feel like Bleach has a certain, um, has a certain hurdle. Like you must be this Japanese to be okay with. I feel like for the one thing that, um, Ichigo's a Bankai blade, you know, has a, you know, has a certain symbol on it. So that can be a little bit off-putting. And One Piece, I'm not going to touch the One Piece discussion because my One Piece opinions aren't very popular to people who like One Piece. I have read One Piece up to um, a little bit past Punk Hazard. And I have opinions about it, but that's not for, um, this is not for this episode. And Dragon Ball Z and Hunter Hunter. I can't say anything about Hunter Hunter. I should really put that as an asterisk right now. I have not, I've only read up to like Greed Island. And I don't think that's a fair that's a fair assessment for me to say anything about greed uh, about Hunter Hunter just because I'm so only so familiar with Nin and Nin is such a cool power system, like it's a really cool power system, and I don't even understand it. Some I'm, I feel Nin makes me feel stupid, but this is aside the point. Um, and Dragon Ball Z is the original Dragon Ball Z suffers from a lot of fluff and it's kind of a mimetic with just some of the um. Well, you know, with just some of the shouting and the the screaming and the episodes, you know, like nine minutes. This planet's got three minutes to explode. Q12 episodes later, they're still on the same planet fighting the same goddamn fight. But that's beside the point. So I really can't record. I, I just don't know about any of those. But if I had to pick one of them to say is a fairly good entry entry gateway is Naruto. But I, I just don't. I can't even think about that because I'm trying to view this from... Maybe like an unfamiliar American point of view as far as it comes, um, Naruto. And I remember, and uh, the, the sexy no jutsu, yeah, I don't know if that's like, that's, that's, if you're basically going in and you're saying like, oh, I wonder what anime could be, and then you see this like 13-year-old boy turning into a hot like a uh, fox girl, that might be a little bit off-putting, but Naruto itself, um, I don't know, that's just my, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I, I just feel like of those five, I would probably... Give someone Naruto first before any others, but that's just that's just my opinion. That said, out of the five, I love Bleach the most, but that you didn't need to know that. That's just that's just important, important lore right there. So, with that in mind, and hopefully at some point Craig has edited in the clip of Michael B. Jordan, so you have context. Um, I kind of thought about this experience of generalization and personalization. Obviously, when you generalize. A recommendation you're kind of hoping to hit a broad audience you're kind of hoping that the audience here that will pick them up might be more uh, more inclined to do so because generally when I recommend stuff to anybody be it book you know be it be it cartoon whatever I take in the fact of the person because not all people like the same things and not all people are gonna like the same genres and so I've kind of just came up with my my five that I would recommend to people if they were just brand spanking new into anime. And I kind of took that from a Western point of view. So just what I feel like someone from in my general area would be more okay with and more accepting of to try to try. And I would not use my area in particular because I come from the fucking heartland. So they would just be like, are those two bo- those two boys are really skinny and touching each other? I don't know if Jesus would care about this. So... I had to kind of factor that in a little bit. But um, overall, I, these are just the five that I would feel would really 
could probably be good to get somebody into anime and give them a diverse taste and flavor for them to kind of get to figure out what their full spectrum of anime could be as entertainment. Because as much as I routinely talk about how anime is a business, anime is an industry, anime still is core art. Like the people who work on it on the minimal level, they are still engaged with making something they enjoy. And so the content is, is it's, it's still art. Don't get me wrong. There can be art and business just as there can be business and art. So the core, dis- core point to this goes, what I'm trying to say here is that although I routinely have a very cynical and jaded view of anime, at least into how it's made, I do want to say that anime is art. And so getting a full breadth of the taste of what it can be can kind of get people to accept what it will be. And that's what's really important to me is that um, anime can be utter trash. It can be utter dog shit, but it can also be one of the best mediums of entertainment out there as anybody who likes anime will be able to tell you. Anime can be beautiful, but anime can also be disastrously ugly. But you gotta look at both sides if you really wanna enjoy something. You just can't, you can't just, you can't, if you literally love something, you gotta look at the ugly side and accept that too. That's just part of, that's just part of love. You gotta accept the worst parts of your partner, the worst parts of everything, if you really wanna love something. At least that's how I've always viewed it. That's just me. This is just me talking. This is just me broadening out with my own philosophy and making you listen to it for like an hour. But, Getting on to the point. So this list is basically going to have five shows. And obviously, if you're listening to this, as I said at the top of the episode, you're going to be into anime, I'd assume. So there's no reason for you to take this as God's written law and for you to even care. But it's just uh, an interesting topic point for me to jump off of and talk about. And hopefully, it'll make for some entertaining listening. And if it doesn't, well, better luck next week, I suppose. Uh, So, again, these are kind of great. I'm going to present them in the order of... um, in an order of how I feel like you should watch them. So what I mean by that is that one of these is a long-form shonen. In fact, two of them are technically long-form shonens in the fact that they go over 20 episodes. But I feel like if I were going to introduce this to like somebody that I knew from work who was into anime, I would introduce them in a certain order. And that's basically what I'm trying to say here is that they're presented in this order for a reason. It's not a no particular order thing. It's literally just no makase. Just here's your first dish, here's your second dish, here's your third dish, here's your fourth dish, here's the whole last meal, or the final meal. So, in particular order this time, <laughs> the first anime on my on my five anime that I would recommend to somebody who is just completely new to the art form would be Howl's Moving Castle. And <laughs> actually, you can sub that in with any Ghibli film that's within that uh, revered category. But I mostly would choose Howl's Moving Castle because it is very western in nature, and again, I'm trying to get to the viewpoint of somebody who's coming maybe from, you know, North America, South America, that general area, and Howl's Moving Castle, I feel, is the most approachable. As much as I do love Spirited Away, you do have to be a little bit um, accepting of some of that sort of commie nature of how Spirited Away presents everything within the story a little bit. It's also a little bit, um, a little bit weird in a more Eastern-centric way, I feel like, especially with characters like Baba uh, and all that. So I wouldn't just throw that to someone immediately right off the dock, but it is still probably a really great film. And I know that it was on Toonami and aired on Toonami or something like that, and that's how I first became aware of its existence. But still, it's a little bit, if you're going from someone who is not very familiar with customs of, of like Eastern culture, you're not too familiar with anything like that, I couldn't throw you at Spirited Away. That said, I could toll ass throw you at Whole House Moving Castle. 
mostly because of the fact that Howl's Moving Castle is very, um, it's, you know, it's kind of East Western based. I believe it's based off a novel. Actually, I'm sure I know it's based off a novel because I, I mean, I have it somewhere in this, um, this damnable apartment, but <laughs> it's, it's more Western focused and it's more of a story that kind of feels very, um, storybook in nature. And it's got two things. It's got a, it's got a, it's got a wicked hot man named Hal in it. And it's also got Sophie, who is a very approachable lead character. So it, it's, it's storytelling that could have easily been made into some crappy, uh, that Disney could have easily scooped up and said, well, we owned it. We had the distribution rights at one point. We should be able to make a live action version. So I feel like it'd be really easily approachable for a lot of people who aren't too familiar with anime as an art form. And plus, it's just a good movie. So there's that. Not that Ghibli makes too many bad movies. I said that and instantly thought of Earwig and the Witch. All right, Miyazaki, uh, how Miyazaki doesn't make any terrible movies. Goro Miyazaki, I don't know about that guy. I don't know about him. Maybe he may not, maybe he's not good. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah so how's moving castle i feel like is a really great stepping stone you kind of go well this is this is beautiful this is art this is amazing what is this this is immaculate you mean anime can be is more than just fighting people fighting in giant robots and believing in yourself well kind of believing yourself as in how's moving castle but not to the anime degree so yeah i feel like it's a great little stepping off point for people to say oh yeah anime could be cool right so, uh, yeah, I, I would totally give somebody Howl's Moving Castle. Not, again, that I've ever introduced anybody to anime. This is just a hypothetical situation. <laughs> this is just a hypothetical situation. And the second of my hypothetical situations is if I then had to present someone another anime for them to try out, if they're completely foreign to anime, if it's an experience they're not, um, they're not used to, I'm going to get a little bit, I feel like I'm going to say this and I'm going to get booed at from like the unknown audience because I'm literally decrying long form shonen going, long form shonen can't be an entryway anime. It's too long and it's too shonen-y. Yeah, no, I'm about to say, I'm about to recommend it. Uh, I, you know what? Let's just get to number two, My Hero Academia. Oh, good, oh yeah, uh, boo me hell, boo. I hear it. Yeah, boo. Yeah, get him. But here's my here's my logic and just sit down sit down sit down let me talk to you let me talk to you my hero academia is the most basic of the shonens all right it really is but that's to its success literally you can take any of these people who see every single marvel movie on any opening weekend and you can probably sit them down in front of my hero academia and they'll probably say oh x-men <laughs> right am i right i'm not right i am right but no, I, I feel like that's kind of the appeal of My Hero Academia, right? It's basically Japanese X-Men, except the mutants are more overwhelming than the non-mutants. And My Hero Academia, for all the for all the shit it does get, I feel like it's really easily digestible. And while that doesn't sound like a compliment, My Hero Academia is not going to be presenting you any sort of um, story beats that are hard to comprehend. Everything is kind of at face value. You know, there's... um. The bad guys are bad, and while you get some of their perspective, like during the My Villain Academia arc, and you do kind of see a little bit of um perspe- their perspective, it's not an anime that deals hard into moral grays, except for a certain character who is kind of like playing triple agent, double agent, but that's beside the point. 
but it's really easy to just take sit down it's really easy to watch and it's really easy to just soak in and relate it to like a superhero narrative so if you're not into anime and you are living in this kind of culture you've probably seen a superhero movie so you would just be able to slide right on end to my hero academia and for as much um for as much crap that deku gets he's i don't think he's that unlikable this isn't me talking about the merits of my hero academia but i i remember when uh, when the criticisms of my hero really started a lot of it was dashed towards deku and his crybaby nature but literally Nar- half of naruto's discussions and talk no jutsu end up with him crying about how things need to change so i mean shonen it's okay to cry if you're a shonen protag in fact i like deku more when he cries when he actually tries to be a badass like when he fights gentle and all that i really hated him kind of like the entire time I'm like just screw up just screw up i hate you you stupid you stupid ronald mcdonald clown face but that's also because i really like gentle is probably he's a good boy i love i love my gentle criminal i love that man tears are getting kind of in my eyes i really love that gentle criminal but if you're not into anime my hero academia is not going to be presenting to you anything like sexy no jutsu it's not going to have any um overwhelmingly uncomfortable fan service i feel like i think the only thing that comes off the top of my head is the uh, cheerleading outfits and mineta but i think at this point even a person who's never even seen like who's not familiar with the sort of fan service presented in anime would probably just go oh he so he's a lecherous person we're supposed to hate him and so it would be really easy to process my biggest fear if i ever have to introduce someone to anime or just watch anime in general because i used to watch it when i was um when i was a young warthog at um at home and just like when i lived with my parents in high school and all that and i was trying to dabble in a little bit I was always scared that I, they might come in at, you know, an edgy scene. And so you kind of want to, if I'm picking stuff, I would really like for it not to have edgy or anything like that. Just because some people might be uncomfortable by it or because of the nature of the age of the characters or anything like that. So if I'm going to present an anime to somebody, I would go with My Hero Academia because it's fundamentally kind of wholesome outside of Mineta and a few other things. And plus with such a diverse cast of characters, they're going to find someone that they like. And so they're going to kind of get the appeal of anime. And some of the appeal of anime, I feel like, when they've got a wide cast of characters, is finding the character you love seeing and getting to see them, if that makes any sense. Like, one of my favorite characters in in Shonen is Rock Lee. And getting to see Rock Lee was great. Rock Lee, when he was on the screen, it's like, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. It's him. The guy. (laughs) So... You know, getting getting to see your guy come on is kind of just the it's kind of just the one of the core th- cool things about anime. I feel like is having your guy and waiting for your guy to show up. I mean, that's just me. That's just me talking though. So I feel like there's a lot of approachability that comes with My Hero Academia, and I mean it's it, it's in Fortnite. There you go. That's it's common denominator right there. If it's in Fortnite, everybody probably knows about it. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that'd be a great just entryway into maybe Shonen. And I know, again, some people are probably like, Boo, man, that sucks. That's a dumb opinion. You're a dumbass. And I have to go, well, you know what? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words hurt me a whole lot worse. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, so I would probably go with My Hero Academia. I feel like that's a, a pretty good one. And it's long, so they can probably get done with like a season, two seasons and if they don't like it then there you go it, it, it every season kind of ends on a note where you can just go i don't think i want to see this anymore 
So I feel like there's a lot there. Outside of like, you know, older shonen anime where because the way the production works, it's like, hey, guess what? We're going into filler land right now until we wait for the mangaka to make some meaningful uh, movements in his uh, work. So I feel like that's one boon to My Hero Academia as well is that there's filler, like two or an episode or two of filler every now and then, but it isn't overwhelming like those old anime are older. I say old, don't say old, Matt. Don't say old. That hurts you. That hurts you, Matt. That hurts you more than anybody else. Anyways, so yeah, I feel like it's got that going for it as well compared to anime from an earlier generation. But anyways, moving right along. If they got into My Hero Academia, and I kind of flip-flop between this one first or My Hero first, and um, the concepts in this next anime... Are a, they're not hard to get by any means. I mean, it's basic. It's basically magic, but I feel like there's a little bit of um. There's it, it's a little bit of it's a great entryway anime. I mean, it's one of the ones that played into me. But I don't know. But it is, I think, one of the immaculate uh, examples of the storytelling that anime really employs. And so my next one. <laughs> Instead of beating around the bush for another five minutes, my next in my third in my five set list is Full Metal Alchemist and not Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Full Metal Alchemist, the OG. They got to go through the OG first where they get the Brotherhood. You don't get to skip to you don't get to skip to the stuff to Brotherhood. You gotta watch the first like the rest of us. But no, Full Metal Alchemist Brother Brotherhood is um, kind of assumes that you've seen the original Full Metal Alchemist to some degree, or you're aware of the core concepts of the Full Metal Alchemist for the original series, especially because it speeds through that intro. Um, so I would have to say you need to see the original Full Metal Alchemist. And the, full, and full, the original Full Metal Alchemist, for the ending filler, quote-unquote filler that it has, is still pretty cool to this day. I'm hoping that eventually I'll, I will finish my rewatch of Full Metal Alchemist, um, the the original. I started it forever ago, and I got to the one about the brothers who also did alchemy, and then I never picked it back up. But hopefully someday soon I'll resume that because I still think Full Metal Alchemist is pretty. It's pretty peak. It's kind of it's peak. We all know that. This isn't a discussion. This isn't an argument. We all know it here. But Full Metal Alchemist, I feel like, is a very good, easy, just starter anime. It's fantasy, it's magic, it's got a little bit of, um, I don't, it's not steampunk, but, uh, fantasy punk, is that what I'm trying to say? Fantasy punk, let's call it that, it's not fantasy punk at all, Matt, that is made up and that sounds really stupid, but Full Metal Alchemist presents the th- presents kind of a, a little bit of the darker edge of what anime can do, now obviously My Hero, as I mentioned previously, has some pretty darker edge to it, especially when you get to like Shigaraki's uh, story and all that. But my hero, um, but my hero has nothing on what Full Metal Alchemist does for presenting the darker, ston- darker tones, the darker sort of paint that can be employed in anime storytelling, especially when you get to the stuff about losing an arm and your leg. <laughs> How much that the suit of armor cost me? Well, that only cost me an arm and a leg, <laughs> and a little bit of my mental fortitude. But Full Metal Alchemist, you know, that was one of the core, um, that was one of the core Adult Swim lineups. And honestly, uh, as much as I do really like Inuyasha, Inuyasha is also kind of long. And we, I'm literally moaning and groaning about long-form shonen. And I, I, Inuyasha and has some issues with pacing as well to some degree. Mostly by the fact that even in the manga, 
there's a good bit of let's go find the Shikone jewel. Oh god, uh, let's get hung up on this for 50 chapters. Uh, we didn't get a single jarred of the Shikone jewel from it. Well, the ride was what mattered, right? And you're just like, yes, I guess it, I guess the ride was what mattered, or at least that's what I'm gonna tell myself. Beside the point, anyways. So I feel like Full Metal Alchemist of all those original, um, those original, not even original because it's it's not really the first generation of it, but those Adult Swim anime that I could remember, that was the one that I felt like was the one that I always wanted to watch until Bleach came along, and I absolutely didn't care about Full Metal Alchemist very much because I mean Bleach is really cool too. I don't really have a, this. I don't really have a. I don't really have a meaning to say like why Bleach is really cool, but. One of my coworkers has actually been talking to me a lot about Bleach. Like, he just started watching it. So I've been having Bleach on the brain fairly regularly because we talk about it fairly often. And it's, I, I, I really, I'm just, a, just a side tangent. I'm really enjoying how much he enjoys Bleach because I remember loving it to the same degree that he did when I was watching it as it was airing. And so whenever he, he like, get, he got through the Soul Society arc and I was so thrilled for him because I was asking him, I was like, how much do you know about Bleach? Do you know where the plot goes? Do you know who the main big bad is? And he, um, he knew who, he knew the name Aizen, but he didn't connect the Aizen dots. So that was very thrilling to hear his reaction to when he got through to that part. I mean, I just, man, I want to reread Bleach. I don't have time. I don't have, I don't have time to watch Bleach, but I would love to reread Bleach again. And just get that again. Maybe I'll do that so we can, he and I can keep talking about it. Although, I think he's actually watching the filler. It's a madman. He is absolute madman. But that's beside the point. That's just what I wanted to say real quick about Bleach and all that. So, Full Metal Alchemist. I feel like if they can get through My Hero and they come out of the other side saying, like, I liked it, I didn't like it. If even they didn't like it, they can go to Full Metal Alchemist. Fundamentally very different in the story and all that tone. And, you know, I mean, they're still technically shonen. Well, technically shonen. Why am I say technically? They're both shonen, but as far as the demographic goes, I feel like while they are in the shonen demographic, they're both really easily approachable, and um, yeah, so they would be really perfect ways to stop. And if they got through that, that's when we're getting in the. That's when this is when we get into fancy town. This is when we introduce two more genres that are kind of the fundamental staples. Or, well, one of them was a fundamental staple of anime at one point, and it's kind of fallen out of style. The other one is still pretty relevant. But if they got out of those and they're like, I want some more, or they're just trying to try, you know, they're trying to sample a little bit. They're like, I want a little bit of the quiche. Now I want a little bit of the, now I want a, bit, a little bit of the finger weenies. Finger, weenie fingers, whatever. You know what I mean. Then I would say, well, anime is all about giant robots, so let's get a little bit of giant robot action on this. And that's why I would have to recommend one of the best mecha anime of all time. And that's Gurren Lagann 8MS Team. There you go. It's 8MS Team, not Gurren Lagann. But Gurren Lagann is really good. But I would not introduce that to a newbie, maybe. No, but for real. Mobile Suit Gundam 8MS Team is one of the Gundams that got me really excited about Gundam. And I also feel like it is a fantastic entryway into mecha. And now I know some UC purists. And some people who don't know about 8th MS Team are probably yelling, saying, Matt, are you on meth? Do you do drugs, Matt? Is that what you do? And um, so 8th MS Team for the uninitiated, because I don't know if it's even popular, question mark. I feel like it's Gundam. Obviously, it's popular to some degree. 
But 8th MS team is basically a side story set during the one-year war that's kind of the big deal of Mobile Suit Gundam, the original series. And why I recommend it above the 50 or so old 70s-ass animation, a 70s-80s-ass animation of Mobile Suit Gundam is for one thing, this was an OVA series, so it looks really good. And I feel one of the things that you need to get people into when they're first getting into anime is letting them see really good anime. <laughs> like anime that doesn't look that doesn't look like they at some point ran out of budget, just stuff that looks consistently crisp, clean, with no caffeine. And 8th MS team really has that in spades. And now if you're if you do not know too much about 8th MS team, it really works as a story that I feel like people can get into further the fact that it is also a kind of a romance story. Essentially, it's Romeo and Juliet almost in a way with Shiro and um girl. I cannot remember her name, but she, girl is there. I guess that tells you how um important that is. So it's basically I'm 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 in Zeon. And I I I I think you're cool. Well, I I think you're cool too. But war's gonna tear us apart. And I think I'm just gonna quit this war and go. And be with you, and that's that's a that's a that's a story that everybody likes, right? Everybody likes war-torn lovers. Everybody loves that they heat it up. I mean, it's got a little bit of romance, but mostly it's got big fire robots, and everybody likes big fire robots. They're not fighty whitey robots, the shooty woody robots. That's really technically, I know why I dropped into an Australian accent. That's not even an Australian accent. This is a really bad accent. I'm sorry, Australian people, if you're listening to this, but. Because it is a more, a little bit more politically, slightly politically leaning, but not so hard where it's like, you know, something akin to, I don't, I don't want to say Legend of the Galactic Heroes because I know nothing about that. And if I get it wrong, then some, I might get like a mean mail from somebody, but it's, it's not as politically heavy and it's got a lot of that sort of, um, that sort of war drama as well within the story of it. And I feel like everybody has a little bit of unfamiliarity with war stories in some shape, form, or fashion, whether it be, you know, historical or it just be, you know, about a person who's been in the war or a war, the war, <laughs> the war. So, 8th MS team has that, and it's got a cast of characters who are really likable, and it is, you know, kind of a, it's a little bit of a buddy cop story, not really, but it, it's got a little bit of everything. It's giant mecha robots, it's got giant mecha robots, it's got, you know, war-torn lovers, and plus, you know, it's 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 got friends, people becoming friends through war. And so I feel like it kind of almost leans lends itself to being kind of um almost like a an a more western movie. And I feel uh, giant robots are ingrained into the DNA of anime whether we want to admit it or like it at, at this point in the year 2023. Now nowadays it feels like the DNA of anime is being hit by cars and sent being sent to another world, but at some point mecha was important is was one of the most important genres and i feel like we can't overlook that mecha is still really important it's still when you get a great one it is it's it's un, it's it's unfathomable that you could see anything else that's even better and mecha like as a genre when it's ingrained with other genres it can combo with any genre slice of life you can throw a mecha in there a fantasy throw a mecha in there Ev- the, the the secret of evangelion <laughs> The Secret of Evangelion. What kind of... You are doing meth, aren't you, Matt? Uh, Escaflone. Escaflone. The Secret of Evangelion. That's so stupid. God, Craig, cut this out, dude. <sighs> the Secret of Evangelion. The, 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 
That's Scafani, Matt. Come on, Matt. Come on, get with it. Fix your brain, Matt. So, anyways, so Escaflone, you throw Isekai and a Mecha, you get Escaflone. Throw a little bit of fantasy there, Escaflone. You know, there's you can just throw Mecha in anything. Mecha goes with everything. Mecha is like salt. You can just throw Mecha in anything. Mecha, put more Mecha in it. Political sat, political satire. Throw some, throw a couple Mecha in it. But nowadays, they don't want to do that. Mostly nowadays, it's just, I'm going to be a real boomer here. It's just, I've got a slice of life story. Well, get it sent, get it, make the main character sent to another world. Bada bing, bada boom, five million copies sold. So, I don't know. Mecha's still a really good sell that you can put in any man man. I feel like it really works. But 8th MS team, if you're trying to give somebody like a, a, a sample of anime then I feel like you should probably give them a mecha just a little bit. Maybe substance. Maybe I'll just add like another, say if they're not interested in mecha at all and they're not going to, they're not going to willingly, you know, go with that. Then throw in, throw in a, throw in whatever isekai you like here. And I'm, I'm sure it'll hit just as well as long as it's not one of those super fan servicey ones where it's, I get, I get my power through, through a boner that's caused by panties or something like that. Don't give it a good isekai. I don't know. I can't think of any good Grady's cast off my head. Grimgar? Maybe Grimgar. Maybe if you, they're absolutely not into 8th MS team, throw in Grimgar instead of 8th MS team. Or Sword Art Online. Sword Art Online is technically, with air quotes, technically an Isekai. I feel like Sword Art Online could also kind of work if they're not going to explore Mecha for some reason. It's a, it's a pretty good, solid uh, starter one, really and truly. Um... I mean, Sword Art Online, for all the crap it gets, it's the first half. It's pretty good, not going to lie. Beside the point, though. And moving on to my last one. And if Mecha slash Isekai is, is already the highlight of, you know, it's one of the big, one of the big, big genres that's really, um, that's really, uh, you know, important to anime's identity, then we need to go with the last one, which is also important. And that one is Slice of Life. And here's the thing about Slice of Life. That I, some people are just absolutely hate it. Some people absolutely love it, and it's all they want to see. But regardless, it is still an important um, genre and storytelling uh, and sort of a story that's in anime. And the only one I can think of that uh, I would really think could work to anybody, even if they're not too familiar with Japanese school culture, even if they're not a wholly invested in Slice of Life, that they could still probably get a good um, heartworm out of this one because of the drama and the stories that are within it. And the reason why it's also less is because I feel like it is a little bit harder to get into than any other um, than any of these other four. But if, at the end of all of those four anime, and they still want more, then I would have to say, for them to try out a slice of life, that they should try out Clonod. And I, that one... I little want to put a little bit asterisk next to that one too because Clonade, you know, it's that classic story of yeah, this anime is gonna make you cry, it's gonna make you sad, it's gonna make you depressed. But Clonade also makes you really happy too, which is something that I feel like a lot of people overlook about Clonade. A lot of people just focus on what the ending and after story did, or part of after story did, and this one does as well. But Clonade still has moments of severe drama, especially when you get into after story and you get kind of like that father son relationship and all that father daughter son whatever relationship and you get kind of into that um you you get to see these characters and get to see their problems and you get to see them become better people and grow 
through school and to the people they're supposed to be. I feel like Clannad will introduce you to Slice of Life in a meaningful way and that it won't hit you too hard with some of that, uh, with some of that just, and then nothing happened. Stuff is happening in Clannad, which makes it, you know, I feel like it makes it a good Slice of Life for somebody to get into because as someone who does enjoy Slice of Life anime, if you're not going in for the entertainment value of just seeing these people live their lives, then if you're just new to it, you might go, well, where's, I need this either to be funny or I need this to have some meaningful story. Or at least that's just what I'm going to assume about the average viewer who has never seen anime before. So Klonoi can get both that. You're going to get your entertainment moments. You're going to have your drama. You're going to have a story that interlocks with other stories. And so that makes it a really good sort of try out for Slice of Life. Now, I did toy around with putting something like Sweetness and Lightning here and just saying, like, if they can get through all those anime, then I don't know. Just go ahead and watch something like, uh, I don't know, Yasuga no Sora. Just full-on drop off the whole bandwagon and just go with, like, extreme hard mode at the end. But uh, at the end of the day, if you put Yasuga no Sora on this list, then that just ruins all sorts of credibility now, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> so... Yeah, they can get through all that and they still want to get more into anime or they just want to try out a little bit of an extra flavor of anime. I would say Clannad. Just, I just feel like it'd be pretty good. Pretty good. Clannad, pretty good slice of life. And slice of life at this point is kind of a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. Or I'm going to say it's a big deal as someone who likes it. I need to stop. I need to, I don't know. There's a, there's a bug in the corner of this room. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So, yeah, that's kind of what my five would be. And I actually, there's a lot of things that I kind of thought of just replacing. I did kind of just struggle with saying, instead of Full Metal Alchemist going with Attack on Titan, Attack on Titan hooks a lot harder. It's a lot more of a thrill ride than Full Metal Alchemist. But Full Metal Alchemist, I feel like, kind of has the better, uh, well, you know what, I don't even know, do I? Because Attack on Titan's not done yet. But I'm fairly certain that Full Metal Alchemist will probably have a better sequence of ending. It will have a better sequence and ending than Attack on Titan will by the time I get through with it. If I ever get through with it. Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully next this next season will be really great. I, I never did get around to finishing the manga even though I bought it all. So those are my thoughts and feelings and opinions. And at the end of the day, each person has to be personalized you can't just recommend you can't just make a list of perfect anime that anybody will get into and maybe michael b jordan's list is infinitely better than mine it probably is michael b jordan makes more money than me and is also probably more well versed with people than i am but hey i don't care i still made a list and we're still going to presume that it's got some validity to the order statement and all that but hey i want to know what you think do you think it's a good list do you think michael b jordan is right you probably do, but hey, or do you have a list of anime that you think are just the perfect sort of um, top five beginner anime or top five anime you'd recommend to somebody? I would love to know. So if you want to, you can go ahead and just talk about it in the Discord, join our Discord and talk about it. You can send me an email at Podcast at gmail.com or message me on Twitter at Matt Rollingstar. I would love to know what your thoughts, feelings, and opinions on this are. So, hey, just go ahead and tell me, and I would just love to read that. But that's going to be another episode for us, and I hope you have enjoyed it in some shape, form, or fashion. Thank you so much for listening. We have been the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. 
You can go to our website, otakumelancholy.com, to get all our links to past, present, and future episodes, as well as all the links to our social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can even join the Discord. And if you don't want to join the Discord but still want to help us out, then you can also support us on Patreon there. And go to patreon.com slash otakumelancholy to support us for as little as $3 a month. And speaking of as little as $3 a month, I would love to thank our patrons for helping to make this week's episode. A huge shout out goes to Anime of the Week, Chris S, Cream Puff Coon, Darth Egg, Earthworm the Anime Brother, Ikea Plant, Jalvin, Moe Soda, and Steered Marlin. Thank you guys for supporting this podcast. It really means a whole lot, and it just means a whole lot to have you listen to it and, and hopefully enjoy it, dear listener. I thank you so much for hanging out with us again this week, and I can't wait to record and hang out with you again next week. Thank you so much. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Take care and combate.